What up, guys? I'm so excited for today's freaking badass. She wrote a book called The Art of Badassery. So trust me when I say she's the master. And she's here today to tell us and show us what it takes to step up to the plate, what it takes to defend yourself, have your own back, not let anyone push you around, and set boundaries. Jen Casella is not only actually a third-degree black belt, but she's also an absolute master at knowing how to stand up for yourself. And today, she teaches how to block the BS, become unstoppable, keep others accountable, how to speak up for yourself, and also how on earth to stop judging that inner critic. And if this brought you value, guys, or any Women of Impact episode has brought you value, I only ask to send it to your homies, send it to your friends, tell your girlfriends about Women of Impact, and let's spread the word about how, guys, we all can be the heroes of our own lives any way that you guys can show the love from sharing liking reviewing this page would just mean the world to me all right now without further ado let's find out how we can all become a black belt in badassery with the amazing jen casera welcome to women of impact Jen Cassetta, welcome to Women of Impact. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Homie, the author of a book called The Art of Badassery already had me at hello. Mm-hmm. And in opening your book, there's one story that hit me so hard that I want to start with. Mm. You're walking down the dark street very late at night. And if you don't mind finishing that story. Absolutely. Uh, living in New York City, I was coming home Yeah, early in the morning, late at night, same difference. Um, and next thing I know, there were hands up my dress and I was being grabbed and attacked on the street. Just like my apartment was like right there. So it was like literally so close to home. Um, and I was able to scare off my attacker. So I turned and faced him and all of a sudden I just felt this like rage coming up through my body. I like to call it she beast mode and started to make myself big and flail and use my arms and my tone. And I started to tell this guy off. I will not say the words I used out loud ever again, probably, but definitely not on your show. Um, To just tell this guy off like this, how dare you? How dare you get in my space? How dare you touch me, uh, encroach on my boundaries, all of it. Uh, And I remember his face going from like two oh damn, I just messed with the wrong bitch, right? So he took off running in the, in the opposite direction. And I remember I had on stilettos that night and I just started like booking it after him, which by the way, is not what I recommend to do, right? In a safety situation, always get away. But that rage just kept on coming. <laughs> Okay, so I want to pause there. You're my height, so Mm -hmm. we're five foot one. And when I read that story, that here you are, one moment of, Mm. that can dictate the rest of your life. Mm. That one moment that we can sit here and giggle and you'd be Mm. like, I freaking swore so much. I ran, you know, chased him down with my stilettos. But there's a different story that could have existed there. And the fact that you stood up for yourself, you used your voice and you held your ground is so damn powerful. Mm -hmm. And whether someone's trying to stand their ground to someone who's physically abusing them, whether it's an overbearing parent and you want to stand your ground, whether it's a manipulative partner who may be gaslighting you and you Mm -hmm. need to stand your ground. The the tactics that you teach in your book, The Art of Badassery, is so powerful for anyone that wants to have a voice 
and stand their ground so they no longer get pushed around. They no longer get emotionally or physically abused. And so today, girl, I want to go from, <laughs> and how you break it out in your book, is from white belt mm -hmm. to black belt. Yes. So today, we're gonna you're going to take us through all the belt stages that we're going to... Um, cultivate our skills as the warrior is mm -hmm. like you call it mm -hmm. and so by the end the hope is is that everybody watching has the ability to stand up for themselves no matter what that situation is absolutely um and women of impact is the dojo <laughs> yes so, we're in the dojo right now yes so okay everyone's listening they're like all right i'm in i want to like get the black belt and standing up for myself mm -hmm. step one is embrace the suck okay right Life is not lo one long, smooth ride. We all know that things that suck are bound to happen. So the sooner that we can just accept that as fact, right? Things that suck are going to happen. Even if they haven't yet, they're going to, I'm sorry to say, right? And just that gives us the power to move on to creating the life that we really want to live. There are a lot of different exercises throughout that chapter that I walk people through um, just to kind of go back into their past and remember all those challenging times, the days where you felt like you wanted to just pull the covers over and not get out of bed, the days where you felt maybe hopeless. Um, I, I, I don't say that we have to be like, yay, grateful that all those terrible things happened, but we can recognize and kind of pat ourselves on the back for getting through them. And realizing that we actually gain some, I call them secret weapons, right, um, from those challenging times and not in spite of them. Okay, so I really want to break that down because I really expected the first thing to read from your book about badassery is, all oh, right, this is what, and you're just like, okay, so the first thing is, shit happens, so embrace that. And then there was a story that you tell that was so powerful where your mom turns around, it's like you are to your knees where you've just found out that your boyfriend had impregnated another woman. Yeah. And you are crestfallen to your knees. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everyone listening can know that heartbreak. I mean, yeah. some form of heartbreak, but right. that's extreme. And you go to your mum in tears and your mum turns around to you and says, Life isn't fair. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> so talk us through that and yeah. why that's powerful. Because yeah. right now, there are people right now that it's, it's a, that's like a really disturbing story. Like mm -hmm. that really broke my heart when I read it. And so many people that are listening right now have had their heart broken, mm -hmm. have been in those situations. Betrayed, betrayal was such a, a charged emotion that I went through from that. And I'm sure there's a lot of women especially that can relate to that. It's like a, there, there's the heartbreak, the sadness of it, but it's really this betrayal. Like you almost think like, where was I that whole time? How could I have missed that? And then you start to kind of, you know, shame yourself almost. Uh, you know, I found out that this man I'd been seeing for years had a baby with someone else and forgot to tell me. I found out, I think, when the baby was about three days old. So um, I found a letter and just went berserk, right? So there was weeks of the crying and the, the I was going to say ups and downs, no ups, lots of downs, <laughs> just how far down. So yes, when I finally came to my mom to tell her like, this is so unfair. How is this happening to me? I didn't do anything to deserve this. And she was just like, life isn't fair. And then I started to realize, oh my God, that is such a piece of freeing advice. I felt a little more free. Uh, this space that can open for me where I was like able to step through onto the 
journey, not of healing yet, but of acceptance. Mm. Be like, you're right, life isn't fair. Why are some children born with disease and some born healthy? Why are some people born into generational wealth and some in slums, right? I mean, we can go on and on and on. And just when I start doing that process, I start to think like, okay, got it. Who are we to say life has to be fair and you know, have these, these morals that we've made up? It's just not that way. Does it also give you an action? Almost just like, well, if, if yeah, life isn't fair, mm -hmm. then how in situations where maybe I'm being attacked down a dark alley or maybe someone's emotionally abusing me, um, instead of focus on, well, it's not fair, I can actually start to focus on what am I gonna do about it? Yes, absolutely. And that's all about white belt lesson in the dojo actually, right? Being a white belt is all about being uncomfortable. You're getting on the mat. First of all, you're like tying this belt around your waist, you're bowing, you're doing all these things that are outside of your comfort zone. You're getting onto a mat, you're starting to already have to spar with opponents, right? That may be double your size and all this stuff. And you're, you barely have the basics down yet, but you're thrown into this pit, not that I trained in a pit, but you know what I mean, <laughs> on a mat um, with people. And I feel like that's, it's just such a great metaphor for life. Yeah. We're, we're throwing ourselves into the unknown, into the uncomfortable, and it's the only way to get through and not just stay stuck. Yeah. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to do something a little fun, actually. We're going to be talking through each of these things, the tactics that you've done and that you've really cultivated in order for us to be able to stand up mm. for ourselves. And then you're going to show us some practical moves and things. So, guys, stay freaking tuned <laughs> for this. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it, so stay tuned for that. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's talk about the armor because... Mm. In your book, you do talk about like how we suit up mm -hmm. with deflection, with anger. We run with denial. Mm -hmm. um, so talk me through these things because when I heard you say, I'd never thought of it as being an armor that we're putting on mm -hmm. that actually becomes detrimental to us. Because I think of armor as being like a protection, right? And it can. And it can, yeah. The armor that we use, we pick it up to protect ourselves, right? And that could be really good when you're in an abusive relationship. Right? It may deflect some blows coming your way, and that's really important. When we carry it for too long, I think, mm -hmm. is when it can start to weigh us down and become too heavy. So I talk about it in the book as using it with discernment. Pick it up when you need to protect yourself and perhaps leave that abusive relationship or stand up to a parent or a professor or an authority figure in your life who's uh, manipulating you in some way, right? Pick it up and use it, but then be able to put it down when you feel safe. And the safety part is where uh, we need to kind of create our own safe space, if you will. And I feel like a lot of people expect workplaces to be safe, and they should be. And I'm saying like, yes, this whole world should be safe, but the bottom line is it's not. So we have to kind of create our own safe places. I love that. And I'm, it's very important for you to say that. Mm. It's like, I am the same. It's like, yeah, I wish we wouldn't have to. I wish you don't have to teach. Yeah. You know, what, what is the, uh, the videos that you do every day on Instagram uh, called? A move a day to keep the creeps away. Okay, a move a day <laughs> to keep the creeps away. I, I wish we lived in a world where you didn't have to do those videos. Me too. And, but we it do. It makes me want to cry. I know. And so I just go... Who are you? Are you the person that's like, well, I shouldn't have to, so I'm not going to? Right. Or are you the type of person that I try to empower the audience to be mm. like, 
I'm going to learn this just in case, mm-hmm. just in case I find myself in a situation yeah. where I'm getting verbally abused yeah. by my boss, just in case I find myself in a situation where I think this guy is an amazing, you know, date, and then I realize actually he's manipulating me and he's gaslighting me. Like yeah. what those, you have a choice to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so talk to me about that choice to learn and how you found that place. Um, where you find just you found yourself in that dojo for the first time and the lessons that you learned of how the, the peace of mind and the body um i think that's super powerful for people yeah. right now to kind of pause yeah. and um really do that first step before we go on to the yellow belt okay so this first major sucky thing that happened to me and so many people around the world especially um was uh, a beautiful sunny Tuesday morning. I was heading to work in New York City, got out of the subway at Wall Street, looked up, and the World Trade Center was on fire. There was black smoke coming out of it. And I worked three blocks south. So I made my way there, and I wasn't allowed up into the building for obvious reasons, but Mm -hmm. I was able to use the phone in the lobby. So I used the phone to call my mother, she tells me I was like in a childlike voice. So I was must have been fight, flight, or freeze in that response so heightened that I could only speak like almost like a baby, which is so weird, uh, mm. trying to tell her that I was okay. And then all of a sudden the first tower fell. So a swarm of people come rushing into the lobby. I get thrown into this utility closet with a bunch of strangers. And for the first time in my life, I really felt like I was going to die. So from here down, I just remember being frozen. So really that, that freeze response took over my body. So now, obviously, I can relate to so many women who have now experienced, who experienced that freeze response for so many other reasons. Um, A woman came over to me and grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me so, and asked me my name. I was able to take a breath, right, which forced me kind of out of that freeze mode. So I said, Jennifer, Jennifer, I'm Nancy, and the two of us, we're going to get out of here today. And sure enough, we were evacuated from that building and Nancy and I ran, you know, through the soot, covered in ash, from building to building to building for hours looking for safety. The second tower fell, we were kicked out of another building, and finally I took Nancy to the dojo, the martial arts studio I had been training at for the previous year. And for all of a sudden, like the first time that day, I started to be able to regulate my breathing. So my, I was Uh, down-regulating my nervous system, right? Starting to breathe more deeply, starting to watch the TV to understand what was happening in the world, drinking water, washing the soot off my body. I felt safe. And this dojo became this refuge for me that I wanted to go to all the time. So to wrap up that story, Nancy took off. I never saw her again. And Nancy, if you're out there, I'm still looking for you all these days because she truly was like my guardian angel. And that dojo became this space for me that all I wanted to do in the months, weeks and months um, after September 11th was go there and get on that mat and start to feel powerful in my body, right? Um, So we're doing all these moves, learning these life-saving skills. I'm punching, I'm kicking for the first time. Like it just felt so good and empowering. Mm -hmm. Mentally, I started to feel more confident, right? Oh, I'm learning these life-saving skills. I can protect myself. And then we're also meditating and doing breathing exercises. So that, again, helped me feel more spiritually grounded, more connected, and more on purpose. Mm -hmm. So it truly changed my life. Uh, From then on, obviously, I changed my whole career and started this path of 
you know, how can I give that feeling to other people to feel strong, safe, and powerful from the streets to the boardroom and everywhere in between? That's why I really use this mind and body approach to self-empowerment because you can live in your head all day long and you can do affirmations, which I love and believe in, um, and you can think and you can write and you can journal, but if you're not connecting that in your body, you're missing out on something, this whole magical tool that you get to use. Oh my God, because as you were breaking it down as well, the fact that you said you could use your whole body and mm -hmm. like, it's interesting that you started that story with, you couldn't feel your body down yeah. and that goes to the, the freeze part, the overwhelm, the not knowing what to do. And then you ended the story with mm. basically like that connection. Yeah. So that's why I wanted you to tell the story because it's so important for people mm. to know that where they feel like they are now mm -hmm. can be changed. It can be cultivated by all the tactics and tips that you really do give. And one of the tactics that you give that I actually love is um, make your hits list. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about the hits list because I yeah. really want people to start making their hits and by yeah. the way, yeah. side note, when I first said you said, I thought you said your shit list. And so I was like, oh, that's just as good. No, it is. Oh, it is your shit list. There's two. Oh. First you make your shits list. Oh. And then you make your hits list. Oh. <laughs> the funny thing is, I was like, maybe I misheard. Okay. No. Even better. All right, people. My mistake. So we're going to start with our shit list yeah. and then we're going to go to the hit list. Exactly. Boom. So, so think about it. Like all the shitty things that you've been through in life, right? Um, and not just obviously the, like a major thing like the September 11th, but even just the heartbreaks, the disappointments, the failures, the perceived failures, especially. Mm. If you go way back into, the ch into your childhood, there's all these things that weren't even a big deal or failures or, or our fault or anything, mm. but we take them on like, and make these stories about them and, and we literally take them through our whole lives. So recognizing, writing, actually just listing them, writing them all down and looking at them and being like, huh, okay, I've been through that and this and this and this and this. And it's almost like, I don't know, when I look at mine, I'm proud that I was able to get through all of those things. And that's really the secret sauce. When you can look at your shits list and be like, pat yourself on the back and be like, God damn, you did not have it easy. Right? You weren't dealt all the cards that you hoped you would have been or whatever. But here you are. You're standing. You're alive. You um, have a roof over your head. You have a career. XX, right? Just like fill in the blanks. And I just start to feel like really grateful for that every time. That's beautiful, but do you ever get, did you ever get triggered by any of that shit list? Because mm. I know some people, mm -hmm. you just hold on to your past and mm -hmm. sometimes the wound may be too hard. Yeah. And so in writing it down, if you feel badly about yourself, you may not see it as, oh my God, I came through it. Like right. I'm still struggling with this or mm -hmm. it's hard for me to even write this down. What do you yes. suggest with people like that? Yes. Because I'm so, I'm with you on, you have to identify it first. If you mm. don't identify it, how can you get past it? Right. But I have such, tremendous empathy for people where right now you can't even acknowledge it because mm. it's so bad. Mm -hmm. So the key is when you're looking back at your past, there's this exercise that I learned through my NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Training, where you can guide someone to look back almost like they're looking back at their timeline, but you visualize it as you're floating above your timeline and you get to look back into your past and you can do it with me right now if you'd like. Ooh, you yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it in real time. You can close your eyes, take a big deep breath to get centered. 
and you're just going to take a look down right at the floor and picture your timeline, the timeline of your life from your very first day on this earth all the way out into the future. We never put an end date on that, right? Just keeps going and going. And you're just going to float above your timeline, like way, way, way above it. Okay. And you're just floating. And now you're just going to look back at the past. And you're looking down at the past. So you never mm. let yourself get sucked down into it. You just stay floating right above it. And if you want to make it even further, if the things that are painful that you start to feel are, are dragging you down, turn it into a movie that you're watching. Mm. And then turn that movie into black and white. Right? So it's this really old, old movie that you're watching. And even if it was yesterday, you could still make it mm. part of your past because it is. And just, you know, pick out those times in your life where you were, like I said before, on the floor, on the knees, in your bathroom, right? I've been there on the bathroom floor with the sheets over your head in bed, not wanting to get out, not understanding how you're going to make it through this time. And just keep going and just, and you just go, oh yeah, and that happened. And there's that and that other thing and that time when I was bullied and just keep going and going. And if you do have particularly difficult things, just stay way above. Mm. And I trust you, you will know when to stop. But just keep going until you're ready. And then we're gonna float all the way back to the present day and then come right back down into your body wow. and open your eyes. And then, or now, you can write all of those things down as just facts. That's all they are. They're facts in history that happened. Because the next exercise is, before we get to the hits list, is to look at those times and say, what did I gain from them? Again, not as a woo-woo, I'm so happy that these things happened. No, that's not what I'm saying. Just pull out your secret weapons. I know for myself, uh, in 2016, I lost my father. If any, everyone that knows him knows I had such an amazing relationship with him. So when, I, when we lost him, to cancer, we found out day one and by day seven he was gone. He was hiking and moving and drinking his green tea and meditating twice a day and doing all the right things. So when someone like that goes, it's just kind of like a shock and also, again, not fair. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, what I, as, as shitty as that was, you know, does it still suck that my dad died? Absolutely. Was it fair? No whatever that means. But I can look back and say, hey, what did I gain? Well, I gained some empathy because before that I didn't know what it felt like to lose a parent. And now I do. And now when my friends who are now all going through, not all, but it's happening more and more as I'm in my mid forties and going beyond, people are starting to lose their parents and loved ones and friends. And during COVID so many people lost their loved ones that I have a deeper sense of empathy. So I picture it like a container, right? And in this container, I can hold feelings. And with every heartache and disappointment and grief and loss and death, my container just becomes bigger. So that's one of my secret weapons oh. now. Yeah, that, that process of healing is mm. very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and to your point though, but if you've, if you've learned to be able to heal, you can use that skill, right? Mm -hmm. It really is a skill yeah. into other areas of your life when you know certain things aren't gonna work out. Like you try something new, it may fail. Um, 
And so the empathy, like that was so beautiful. Mm. And as you were talking about it, um, it was fascinating that you said, turn the movie black and white. Mm. And as you were saying it, because I'm so about tactics, yeah. right? Because I can get in my own head. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, black and white, <laughs> that's interesting. And then part of me was like, are you trying to disconnect me emotionally from the actual facts so that I can see the facts for what they are and not get my emotions triggered again? Exactly. Yes. Yes. And and not pull you down and get stuck there. Because mm. we want to we wanna be able to recognize and move on, right. not stay stuck. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to go to the yellow belt, which is one of my favorites because mm -hmm. it's about freaking resilience. Yeah. I've got a quote <laughs> of yours, which I love. Oh, good. Setbacks and failures don't define you, but they can be an opportunity to rise from the ashes like a badass phoenix. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Um, so you talk about with resilience is about taking a punch and getting back up. Mm -hmm. How do you recover from when you feel like you've either physically, actually, or metaphorically fallen to your knees? Um, so talk to me about that very first step about how you start to build resilience because just like how we went over the other one, uh, the white belt, when you first get started, a punch to the face, metaphorically even, doesn't feel good. Yes, it hurts really <laughs> bad. Yes. Um, so in martial arts as a yellow belt, you start learning what we call mat work. And it's essentially how to fall and get back up and how to fall and get back up with more velocity each time. So before you learn how to take anyone down or throw a hook punch, you're learning these basic footwork um, techniques. So the first one, and these, so these three strategies that I learned on the mat are also really helpful for building resilience. Um, the first strategy is the pivot. Now, we've all <laughs> heard this word ad nauseum over the last couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. People have mastered the pivot. But essentially, in your body, what that looks like is changing direction when something isn't working. So if the incoming assault is coming, you literally just move out of the way, mm -hmm. right? So think about where you can use that in life. Instead of like sitting there frozen and waiting for the assault, maybe you can change direction. Second one is rolling with the punches. And I particularly like this one because it's fun when we do it on the mat. If you think of like little kids and their somersaults mm. and rolling back and forth, they can do it really well. Um, they're not afraid of that fallback. So think about taking the hit almost, right? Knowing that there's going to be more coming, you take the impact, but allow it to roll you backwards in order to use that momentum to then reverse direction and get the, your feet back up under you very quickly. Mm -hmm. So the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And the more you trust yourself on the way down, the easier it will become to, it will be to come back up on your feet. And in life, that translates to, you know, surrounding yourself with people that have been there, done that, right? Anytime I'm going through like a major challenge, I want to find people that have been through that exact challenge. So a uh, quick example that I haven't really talked about publicly yet. Um, five years ago, I was told that I'll need a hip replacement. I have osteoarthritis in the bone. Again, genetics and martial arts, right? <laughs> Too much wear and tear essentially broke my bone down and there's nothing you can do but get an another one. So I started speaking about it with my friends and I was getting all kinds of crazy advice right from them. And I started to realize why am I listening to them if they have never done this before? <laughs> why am I asking them for advice in the first place? So I started to look around for people who did have that exact surgery that I was going to have to do one day in the future. 
And I found this private Facebook group that was called Young People with Total Hip Replacements. <laughs> and I started like learning all these things from them, different surgery styles, this and that. So long story short, seven weeks ago, I had my hip replaced. Here I am, things are going really well, but I leaned on people that had been there before. Mm. I was on the phone, I was emailing them, I was reaching out to strangers on Instagram that I learned about that had this surgery. I even picked my surgeon from someone on Instagram that I follow and respect. So again, whatever you're going through in life, find people in those shoes that have walked a mile in those shoes already and lean on them. Oh my God, I love that so much because as you were saying, how many of us will listen to a family member that is telling us like, don't go after that job or yeah. don't date that person <laughs> and yet they have no expertise in that area at all. Right. Um, but because we're close to people, we take what they say and we do internalize it. We don't necessarily judge to see like, oh, are they expert in this area or yeah. not? And to your point where you're listening to your friends, it can become a very overwhelming. Um, all right, so I've heard you, you give a breakdown of five things to mm -hmm. do for your ultimate comeback. Mm -hmm. So I would love to go through them. Awesome. Um, so number one, give yourself grace. Mm. Why is that the important thing to start with? Well, uh, I just like melt. When I hear that word grace, there's something about that word. I just, it, it, it just gives me this feeling of, of peace. And I think that's something that we all need to gift to ourselves first and foremost. Um, people in your life might be saying like, oh, you're still crying about that. Get over it already. Or just pick yourself back up and get up back on your feet and get on with your life. And it's like, hang on a second. I get to have these feelings. I get to feel them. And, when, and if I don't, right, if I'm just burying them and putting, putting my head in the sand or drowning myself with booze or drugs or food or overworking even, right? I don't process those emotions. Mm. And we need to, we need to give ourselves the grace and the time, whatever that looks like for you, to feel the feelings of hurt, disappointment, grief, loss, whatever it is that you're going through. Or else you're never gonna, it's, they're gonna be buried, but they're gonna rise back up when you least expect it and probably come out as self-sabotage in some way. Mm. Oh, how would that come out <laughs> of self-sabotage? Well, okay, so if I didn't feel all those feelings of betrayal from the ex back in the day, right? If I didn't allow myself to rage, right? I was like raging, I was then sad, and I would cry hysterically, and then I would be feel empowered, and you know, I like had all these different emotions, and I just let them be, mm. right? And I let them go for a few weeks, and then and then they start to taper off, right? I almost feel like if you can move through them, they're gonna taper off. But I know if I bottled them up inside that that resentment, that anger may come back to bite me in the ass when I'm dating somebody new. Mm. And all of a sudden, maybe I'm not gonna trust that person or have a very closed heart. And I know a lot of women that do that after being betrayed is like close themselves off to love ever again. And I know that I knew then even I didn't want to do that. I wanted to get to the core of who I really am, which is open, loving, generous, kind, and, and not use that hard shell to keep people out. Because you were beating yourself up about what happened? Absolutely. Oh my God. Like, how can I be so dumb? How could I have not seen it? Why did I let that go on for so long? I mean, all the questions that you just like turn, turn inward. 
Wow, that's so powerful. So how did you actually then go from being that person that was like, you know, self-blame, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure shame and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you go from that to then being the person that is mm-hmm. like being able to um, learn from it? And Well, in that particular um, situation, I actually did make an ultimate comeback. I gave myself grace. I was able to um, reimagine what my life would be like on the other side of this heartache. And actually that was the year that I decided that I was going to move to California. I was going to just up and move. I I took a year to do it. So it wasn't drastic. It wasn't impulsive. It was well thought out. I saved money. Um, I gave up my apartment. I crashed on my sister's sofa just to like save up so I could do this and left all my clients behind and came to LA a year later. So I created distance and space, which is something I teach in setting boundaries, (laughs) right? 3,000 miles of distance and space from that person. Um, But I was able to recreate this entire new life. Uh, Still who I am at my core and probably even more and more authentic as the years went on. And I was able to love again. I actually wound up meeting my husband back then in that summer. So uh, yeah. It's been amazing. Dude, that was amazing. So, okay, <laughs> you then said you reimagined. So that's your step two of to be, to ultimately be a comeback. Um, so reimagine. So you reimagine what your life was like out of that scenario. Mm-hmm. And then number three, you say you recreate. Yeah. So break that down for me. Like make a plan. Recreate your life the way that you actually want it to be. So, again, on the other side of the heartbreak, failure, job loss, financial hardship, whatever it is that you're going through, what is it ideally that I'd like to recreate? Not just like a so-so life, but like really like go for it. And I'm a big fan of writing. Write out a plan, step by step by step. What do you have to do to get there? And obviously that plan is going to change and weave and all that stuff and that's okay. But I think having it like written out like a map Mm-hmm. just makes it so much easier and clearer and, and pulls you in that direction. Um, so, so reimagine is thinking like, what would life look like? Mm-hmm. And then recreate is breaking down what you'd have to do for that to actually be true. Yes. So to your point, you said it took you a year, you saved up. Okay, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, number four is ignore the naysayers. Mm. Well... As you, I'm sure, know, you made such a major transformation in your life. I'm sure you had people that wanted to keep you small. Mm. I am sure. I'm sure everyone out there can relate to that. When you're on this personal development journey or any type of transformation, even if it's a body transformation, people are comfortable with you the way way you are now. And those that don't want to see you grow or transform because they make it mean something about themselves that they're not going to be good enough or you're going to desert them um they're going to try and keep you down so we really have to either create distance and space from them Mm. ignore you know sometimes they're family members and good friends and we don't want to necessarily cut them off i'm not saying you have to do that but allow some more space you know and you can do that tons of ways not being at their beck and call not answering their phone all the you know they're ring all the time or their text immediately just allow a little more distance and or you may have to when we get to orange belt is create some boundaries verbally
If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. That's super freaking powerful. And I, I like the give, um, give space, mm. um, create distance. Um, and then there's one thing that I think it's very difficult for women to talk about. And I get asked this a lot. It's mm. like, but what if your family member doesn't change Mm -hmm. you know and so many of us especially if you're in a very traditional family so me growing up as greek orthodox Mm -hmm. um oh sacrilege if you (laughs) even considered not speaking to someone in your family Mm -hmm. or not contacting them and so it was very hard for me to say well hang on a minute you need to show up for yourself you need to give yourself space and harmony i don't actually use that word very often but you need to give your space uh, yourself harmony um, and if that does mean you have to push people away, your family members, if that means you do have to create the distance, if that means you have to cut them out of your life for your own mindset, I've decided that that's the type of person I want to show up to be. Yeah. Not because I don't love my family, even if they're not very nice. I don't necessarily have that situation. Right. I've never had right. to. But I've actually just declared that within myself so that mm-hmm. if it ever came up, 
I'm able to maneuver and not just take either the pressure, the verbal abuse or mm -hmm. whatever that certain family members can actually bring. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we're at the end of the day, we're all these human beings on earth, right? So, okay, we might share DNA, but that doesn't mean you get to abuse me. Yeah. It doesn't mean you get to put me down. It doesn't mean that your negativity gets to invade my space. Sorry, fam. Yeah, dude, and we're going to hit the boundaries. <laughs> I love that. And then your last thing before we move on to the, the belt, the next belt, um, you, ba you say set a plan in motion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, right? You can have a, have a plan and you can write it all day long, but if you're not actually doing the steps, then, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. That's amazing. And so now it's time for you to actually show us how to freaking do it. The first one we're going to do is for Yellow Belt, which is about bouncing back and building resilience. So let's face this way in a fighting position. So just, right, guys, come on, do yeah. it with us. Get up right everyone, now. Everyone, everyone, right. stand up, slight bend in your knees like so. If you don't know how to make a proper fist, take your hands, roll the fingers down, thumbs come across, hit, hit, hit. So you got some power in there. Yes? Okay, good. Hands up like this. Now, if an attack is coming at you, you're gonna take your back foot mm -hmm. and just turn it 90 degrees that way. Exactly, so let's do, we're gonna do five of those. Ready? Yeah. One, boom. Picture the assault coming at you and you moving out of the way. Mm -hmm. Two, boom. Good. Three, four, five. Now I wanna show you what it looks like. You stay doing that and I'm coming with the assault. There you go, one, two, Three, four, five, boom. Okay, so you can feel what that feels like in your body. The second one is rolling with the punches. So you're gonna take the impact. Okay. You're gonna do this, yeah, right? Yeah, Taking off the jewelry, people, <laughs> taking off the jewelry. Sitting on the okay. floor and roll yourself into a little ball. Okay. Tuck your chin, round your spine, and roll back and forth. One, good, oops. That. Come on, Mike. So if she was standing up, I would be hitting, the assault is coming, and she's just gonna roll. Take the impact and come right back up. There you go. <laughs> Rolling with the punches. Okay, so the third one is when life knocks you out for the count. You're on the ground, knocked out. Give me your worst knockout punch. Exactly. Now you're ready to make an ultimate comeback, people. So you need to embody what this feels like in your body. So I want you at a zero. You, have, you are burned out, taken out, defeated, deflated. And now you need to recreate, reimagine, make a plan, start to empower yourself, and just get the hell back up, people. <laughs> get up, boom. All right, so now let's go on to the orange belt, mm -hmm. block the BS. Yes. Talk to me about that, homie. Let's all set boundaries together so we can block the BS. Okay, great. So look, women especially, we have special challenges that we have that not all humans can relate to, right? Um, there are so many wonderful people out the, in the world. I b truly believe that and I always wanna believe the best in everyone. And we know that there are some people out there that are gonna encroach on your boundaries, that have boundary blockers on, they don't even understand what your boundaries are, um, and then people that don't care and they're just out to manipulate, get, uh, work out their old wounds uh, by taking it out on other people, mm -hmm. okay? So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about BS. 
we need to set boundaries and protect our energy. So I actually visualize sometimes, and I, and I do this with my clients and, and audience members, I want them to visualize like this orb around you of energy, right? And no one gets to poke holes in that orb. It's there to protect you. No one gets to, you know, get in there unless you allow them, okay? So that's a really important um, thing to remember is if they're there already, then somehow you have allowed that to be, right? And I mean if this is an ongoing thing. I don't mean a one-time, you know, a one-time right. thing at all. So, um, so on the mat, we learned how to block. And there are different styles of blocking depending on which martial arts you train in. There are either hard blocks and hard styles or soft styles and soft blocking. Okay. A hard style is this. When you have an incoming assault at you, you're going to meet that assault or that force with an equal to or greater amount of force, right? And it looks like that, like karate style, like Cobra Kai, if you will. And then you have more softer styles. So like Aikido or Kung Fu, where you almost blend with the incoming assault and redirect it either out into space or back at the person, <laughs> okay? Mm. So off the mat in our lives, that can look like multiple things. First and foremost, your first option, whether it be on the street or in the boardroom, if someone is encroaching on your boundaries, can you create distance and move away? I know I've said create distance already, but this is really important. This is where it's like, okay, cross the street if you need to, if you feel like someone's following you on the street. In the boardroom or at work, it's not always that easy to just like leave the situation or remove that person from your life mm -hmm. or a family member. So that's where then the more softer styles of blocking can come in. There are many different techniques, but we can use things like deflection. Or what I love is asking a question back. So, so saying something like, again, depending on what the insult or or complicult, do you know what that is? A what consult? A complicult. Oh, where someone's <laughs> complimenting you, but really it's an insult. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah complicult. Like, like you really, you look really great with makeup on, or you look, <laughs> you, you look really good for your age, right? Oh, dude, I want to punch someone in the face right? when I say that for right? my age. That's amazing. So I would say something like, why do you feel the need to, to say for my age? Oh, okay, or, so would you actually say that to someone? Yeah, so, yeah, I would. So ask a question mm -hmm. when someone is being complicit. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So you would Or if someone downright did say something insulting to you, you can say something like, hey, that made me feel fill in the blank, right? This is great technique for people that are in touch with their feelings. That made me feel bad. That made me feel like you're trying to manipulate me. Is was that your intention? And hold their their gaze and wait for an answer. So you're holding people accountable for their words. And I think that's something that we I'm sorry, it's really important these days, especially, especially with social media. People are just throwing their nonsense and their BS all over you all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no one's being held accountable anymore for what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So especially if it's in a live interaction, I'm just going to say it right there and be like, hmm, is that what you meant? Was that your intention? Do you think that's okay? Do you think that's appropriate? Mm -hmm. So would you... 
say that in any situation because I can understand like if you're if it's a, a parent I actually could do it if it's a friend mm -hmm. it would be hard if it was a boss though like mm -hmm. I feel right that Mm -hmm. Now look, at my company, we always are very open about our feelings, yeah. um, but I can see that, that some people may be like, I can't say that. So let's say, for instance, your boss says, oh, well, you know, at least you did good today or whatever. Mm, right. It's like a snide comment. Right. If you call your boss out on that, mm. sometimes that can be seen as combative. How do you approach situations like that where you're not combative? Because to your point, do you leave that situation? Mm -hmm. Do you address it with mm -hmm. them? Um, and where do you have like those fine lines? Yes, there's not lines, right? That's the challenge. And in the book, I make sure to address that. Look, if you're staying in a in a job that you hate because of your boss is a terrible person and is mean to you, but you depend on that paycheck to feed yourself and your family, I am not judging you, mm. right? People stay in relationships and jobs for all kinds of reasons. And I am not here to judge. I also want you to know that at some point, right, you have to weigh, weigh it out. Like, is this gonna crush me? And is it worth my energy, my soul, my spirit? In the meantime, can I be creating a plan to exit, to create distance, to create space? So I know at least that I'm making steps to remove myself from that situation. So what other little tactics do you have yeah. in those moments where maybe somebody um, is either pushing your boundary, mm -hmm. ignoring your boundary, mm -hmm. or just blatantly doesn't see your boundary? Yeah. Well, I put them in buckets, right? And so we already covered, tell, it, tell them how it feels, mm -hmm. right? Ask a question back. So that's like kind of the deflect or I'm gonna deflect it back to you, kind of like a ping pong match, right? And then if this is like in a professional setting, sometimes you can threaten with authority. And I think that's mm -hmm. where you can say something like, hey, I think that was really inappropriate what you said. If it happens again, I'm gonna go to HR. Um, and then obviously if it's escalated even further than that, there's always, you know, if it's a crime, if someone touches you or assaults you in a way, then obviously you're threatening with, I'm going to go to the police or whatever that is. So it just depends on the level that the force is coming at you and how you want to respond. Oh, I love that. And I'm just going to keep going down this path because I find boundaries fascinating. Mm -hmm. So many people really do struggle with it. So mm. I want to make sure that I'm covering things that people really want to like learn about. And especially women is boundaries in a relationship. Yeah. Is that like where you're setting boundaries, maybe your partner doesn't respect them or they gaslight you and they're like, you know, pretending like they didn't do something. And so they're pretending like they didn't cross a boundary, but they really did. In those moments of, ha you know, but I feel like this, is that enough? Mm -hmm. Like, cause I almost think that in those situations, if someone is a narcissist or looking to get gaslight you, they're gonna turn it back on you mm -hmm. about your feelings. Right. What I always recommend is take a beat, mm -hmm. right? Take a breath because I mentioned it before, the fight, flight or freeze response is real. So when someone is coming at you with gaslighting, with whatever their BS is, right? All of a sudden, our fight or flight response mm -hmm. is, is in the body like, oh my God, and a lot of people freeze. So they wind up saying nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And then they wind up beating themselves up about it afterwards. Oh, damn it, I wish I said this. I wish, you come up with all those comebacks, right? Yeah, 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 afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. You got the best comebacks afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So. In the moment, just breathe. You could literally just stand there and say, 
to take a breath. If you could say it, you could do it. Just take your time, mm. right? Down-regulate the nervous system. It gives you a chance to formulate your comeback, decide which boundary, what kind of boundary you're going to set, whether you're going to say it in the moment or you need to later. Because sometimes, again, mm -hmm. in a professional setting, maybe you're going to hold it back, but maybe you're going to put it in an email. Maybe you are just going to document all the things that were said to you in an email and send it to your friend. That's another um, tip that I always say, like have these things in writing because if it ever comes to some type of trial, whatever that looks like, you want to make sure that you have proof. That's amazing, homie. And so now it's going to be time for our masterclass where you're going to show me how to actually do it. Here we are at the orange belt. We have to learn how to block the BS. So the BS is coming at you. <laughs> Right? And it's coming at you again. So we all you know better, how that feels. You better learn how to block. We're gonna start with the hard blocks. Sometimes they're easier. So what you're gonna do, you stay the right where you are. It's easier. Sometimes, sometimes, is take your fist up like this. Exactly. But make sure it covers your head because that is coming. Ah. There okay. you go. And then you're gonna change to the right. Good. So I'm gonna throw at you Ooh. all the Things, all the BS, all the and she's gonna block them. All right. Okay, ready? Your cat crawled on the street. Yes. Someone tells you off. Someone tells you you're not good enough. Boom! Fuck someone, it. someone tells you you're not worthy. Block. <laughs> someone gives you a compass out. Ah, definitely block. Someone touches you without consent. Definitely. Someone comments on your body. <laughs> someone, someone curses at you. Boom! Someone raises their voice at you. Don't you dare! <laughs> exactly. And on the softer blocks. Okay. So the first soft block, which we talked about a lot, was creating distance from people. Okay, that's just some easy footwork. You can move, slide, move, slide. It's kind of like a dance. Last one. Good, we got that. Now we're gonna take the, we're gonna blend with the attack and we're gonna redirect. Okay. So I'm gonna show you both parts, okay? So your part is gonna be like this. The assault is coming at you. You're gonna step to the side. You're gonna blend and circle. I know that's complicated. Yes, 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 yes. Keep going. So again, the attack is coming at you. Mm -hmm. You're gonna step to the outside. So step to the outside this mm -hmm. way. Hands here and here. And you're gonna come down and as you circle. That's it. That's it. Again, again, again. It'll get it'll I like get smoother. That. Yeah, it'll yeah, get smoother. yeah. Boom, boom, again. I mean, I don't want to hurt you. I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> nice. Now this way, same type of movement. Oh, I just did. You got did it. I, did I? You got it. Okay. You got it. Just hands. Oh, wow. Again. Overhead. Yes. You're a quick learner. <laughs> Very oh, good. coming at me. <laughs> awesome. All right, so now, girl, we're gonna go over to the green belt. Yes. So this is Communicate with Frickin' Power, and your yes. title is Find Your Raw. Yes. I love that, <laughs> like, find your raw. This is one of those big ones that I really wanna dive into because so many of us, we want a raw, but then, like, we come out with a meow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm obsessed with cats, so I love meows, yeah. and that's okay, but yes. Um, we all have a tiger, a lion, some, something that's, like, primal inside of us. Um, that allows us to speak up for ourselves and and protect ourselves really. I really truly believe that we all have that ability, 
but it's just been clamped down for so long, for centuries really, of, of telling women that they're too loud, too much. Mm -hmm. um, Don't speak until you're spoken to. Exactly. Yeah. Too combative. Right. But I love your metaphor of the tiger because mm. you even say in your book, like, a tiger doesn't worry about if it's too loud. A tiger <laughs> doesn't think before it roars. Right. A tiger doesn't apologize for roaring. Yeah, exactly. um, and so be the tiger. That yeah. was so beautiful. Yeah, channel it. And, and the martial arts metaphor for this chapter is about what's called a kiap. In Korean, it translates to a spirited yell. So if you've ever walked by a dojo, or again, if you watch Cobra Kai, you hear them yelling with every kick and punch, right? And some people, or you get to choose what your kiap is. So it's there to accentuate every kick and punch and or intimidate your opponent. Mm. So we get to use that with our voices. And whether that be to set a boundary powerfully or ask for that promotion that you know you deserve at work, present to your client, um, stand up for yourself in the street or the boardroom, right? It's really important to be able to channel that powerful communication and we do it not just verbally, but through nonverbal communication as well. Body language. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's talk about mm -hmm. body language. And then I love how you really break down how to speak up. Mm -hmm. Because that's something like, it, there's one thing to say, no, 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 no speak up. And then mm -hmm. how is so powerful. So mm -hmm. let's touch on the body language first. Yeah. And then we'll go over to the how to speak up. You call it tits up? <laughs> no, I got that from Midge Maisel. I know you did. I just love the analogy. I was like, oh my God, I just have to say it on the show. <laughs> because here's what yeah. I love. Yeah. We're talking about some heavy shit here, homie. Yeah. And so the thing that I do is I try to make it lighthearted so that people can remember. So here's really what I want. The next time someone's really feeling scared, mm -hmm. not like them meowing, but they want to roar. <laughs> I want them to laugh inside and tell themselves tits up so that they know they can bring some lightheartedness and then walk into the room like a freaking badass. 100%. So let's talk about tits up. Yes, I, I mean, I speak on stages and anytime I arrive, I'm, my palms are sweaty, I'm, I'm pacing, uh, you know, I'm anxious. Like, and to me, I've just accepted that as that's normal. That means I'm excited, mm. right? I'm excited to go out there and do this thing and hopefully make a difference, right? So I just accept that the anxiousness is part of it and then I go, tits up, and all of a sudden I, I do. I kind of laugh and say, look, this should be fun, right? Why does everything have to be so serious? But obviously that translates to great posture and body language. And by now I'm sure you and all your audience has seen Amy Cuddy's TED Talk on power posing and using this strong body language with shoulders back, head held high, and how that increases testosterone and decreases cortisol or the stress hormone. So, I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff. And regardless, I know there's haters out there that say that's not true. It works for me. So, you know, whether I'm in an alley and feeling a little nervous or walking to my car in a dark parking garage and feeling like, ugh, I always feel fear. But it's okay, because then all of a sudden I move through the fear with powerful body language and I start to feel more confident. And I think especially living in short bodies, <laughs> Um, it's really powerful and, and you said it when, when we met and I thought the same about you, yeah. but anywhere I go where someone has only seen me on Zoom or heard me speak, they're like, oh my God, I thought you were much taller, right? Yes. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm in this five, one and three quarters body. Um, and it's just because I come across as confident. So people think I'm bigger. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so strange? 
it's amazing. Yeah. So let's actually go into that and mm. how you break down having your voice and speaking up to your point of you don't even have to see me because I am perceived as being strong and confident. Mm. By the way, you, I talk. And so let's go into what you've done and what you understand about how to speak up that allows people to go, oh, she's a freaking badass. I ain't going to mess with her. Right. So your number one about speaking up is your volume. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you can play with all these things. And I really recommend that. Uh, what I think happens a lot, especially with younger women, is they take on the speaking styles of either their friends or their family and they never really check in to say, hey, is that how I want to come across? Is that uh, how I want to be perceived? And mm -hmm. so there are a couple of different speech patterns that I just warn folks about. <laughs> okay, warning. Warning. Not saying that this is wrong. Again, just check in. Is it something that you want, that you're doing with discernment? Like you're taking on and saying, hey, I really want to speak this way. And really the, the one I'm just going to say is up talk. And it's that style of speaking where you go up in the middle and then the end of a sentence. As you're speaking, you have to remember how that lands on other people. Not that you're responsible mm -hmm. for what they think, but at the end of the day, if you want to come across confident, prepared, like you know what you're talking about, right? You want to take your tone a little lower um, and that get rid of that up talk. We only use it naturally at the end of a question. Mm. So, hey Lisa, what time is it? Is natural. But if we're constantly using that inflection, it always sounds like we're questioning ourselves and what we're saying. Okay, so go down. Go down. If you need to make a statement, if you need to set a boundary, I want you to A, take, it, take your inflection down at the end of the sentence and even your tone. Right? Drop your tone a little bit lower. I, I love when I <laughs> can really focus on speaking from my belly. Right? Again, it's part of that key up that I, was trained into me over years and years and years. But when I'm in my belly talking, it feels grounded. It feels steady. Hmm. Right? Like I mean business. Yeah. You covered um, inflection. Yeah. Volume? Volume you can play with. So it's natural to, um, you know, rise in volume when you're excited about something, great, do that. Uh, it's also okay to raise your vol volume when you want to set a powerful boundary. And I think a lot of people shy away from volume and there are many reasons for that. Either they don't feel comfortable using their voice, again, maybe they were told, you're too loud, you're too much, or whatever it is. It's okay, use that volume. You can also lower the volume when you want people to lean in and really listen to you. So again, playing with the volume is really important. Mm, I love that. And then knowing when to though, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing and then how you come across because yeah. there are things that you, like in your head, you feel like you sound a certain way yeah. and then other people just like offended. <laughs> like that happens to me a lot where I'm like, wow, I was just passionate. Yeah. You thought I was being aggressive? But look. But what do you do with that? But it, but if someone perceives it as mm -hmm. going back to something we spoke about earlier, like you can live in a world that is or the way the world should be. Yeah. So in a way, the world that should be, you kind of want everyone to interpret you the way you want to be interpreted. Right. But that ain't 
the real world. Yes. So knowing that, having that feedback is super important and yeah. then knowing when to play with the volume and the inflection so yeah. that you know how you're going to come across. Yeah. Um, pace is one of them as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about pace. Again, pace is just the pace that you're speaking. So you can speed up when you're excited. Again, you're going to do that normally. Um, and you can also slow down when you want something to really sink in for people. Mm -hmm. So again, playing with that and using it with discernment when you're getting your point across is really important. So do you typically, as you were saying, that was like, okay, I'm getting my point across. Mm -hmm. I would think it would be slow, mm -hmm. articular, mm -hmm. medium volume, so not too loud, not too, too low, mm -hmm. um, and then keep having periods at the end of everything I say. Mm -hmm. If that is, yes, if that, you're setting the tone, right? So always just remember that. Mm. You get to set the tone of your speech. And I don't mean just the speech that you're giving on stage. Right. I mean what you're trying to get across in the moment to your boss, to your partner, whatever it is. You get to set the tone. I think what happens so often, or the mistake a lot of people make, is they're not even aware of how it lands on other people, mm -hmm. how their communication style lands on other people. So... If that's you and you don't even know how, maybe take an audit with your friends and just be like, you know, hey, can you give me some feedback on, on my communication style? Ask questions. If you want to grow, you're going to need to learn to take some feedback. Oh, I love that. And then also the words that we use. Yes, obviously. So words matter, right? Yeah. Words outwardly matter so much. And in the book, there are some examples of just like little power draining phrases that we use on a daily basis. But what I really want to focus on is the words that we use to ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Our inner talk. To me, this is the game changer right there. This is my never ending journey. It's always going to be a work in progress. I'm always working on it. And I think everyone should too. If Again, if you want to grow as a person, if you want to be a black belt in badassery, you need to really be aware of the words that you're saying to yourself and then have some skills or some tools to turn that around when it gets negative to make sure it, it becomes like it's some, a voice that's supporting you. One of the things actually was walking by the mirror. It didn't mm. even dawn on me. It literally didn't dawn on me. That mm. Every time I walked by the mirror, I was like, oh, yeah, your, your ass looks flat today. Or like, uh. oh, God, your hair looks terrible. Oh, my God, your nose is big. And it would just be like walking past comments, though. It was just like I would Always. walk past the mirror. Mm -hmm. It became so habitual. I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then I had like a guest on mm -hmm. and they mentioned it. And I was like, just gonna take inventory. I was yeah. like, I don't think I do it. And I yeah. started taking and I was like, oh my god, I do it all the time. <laughs> oh. So I, you know, so the very first thing I um, you know, is very important, I think, to take the inventory mm -hmm. of what those words actually are with grace. Yeah. Right? With grace. Yes. Oh, there's no need to beat yourself up about it. I think the important thing is to remember that everyone has this voice. Like I wanna I wanna ask like the Dalai Lama, what is your internal <laughs> voice? You know? Yes. Like I wanna know what yes. his nasty voice is. <laughs> Because I don't think he doesn't have it. Ooh. I think we all have it. Mm. And it's just a matter of recognizing it. And then in the book, I call it taking out your, your mental machete, right? And whacking the hell out of those weeds, mm -hmm. right? Because all those, those negative thoughts are just like weeds that are growing in your mental space. So take out that machete, cut them down at the root and replace them with something positive. So mm -hmm. that's where affirmations come in. And again, in the book, we go from affirmations to a battle cry. And that's my little secret special sauce there. Yeah. 
tell me about the battle cry because even the words homie mm. like I, going back to the words you use I lean into them and when I read like what's your battle cry I was like oh my god mm -hmm. I love this yeah. like just thinking that you have a battle cry impacts me on how I feel about having a battle cry so then when I say it now I've already reinforced what I'm saying as yeah. being this power yeah well here's where I got got it from or how it, it came to me is I heard a story about this woman named Kelly she's she, I found her on Instagram believe it or not her name at the time Kelly Heron and I know she got married and changed it now um, but she came public with her story where she was running in the park in Seattle one day and went into the bathroom to use it, came out of the stall, realized there was a man standing in there and realized this is not good, something's about to go down. And sure enough, he went for her knees, took her down to the ground, and now she's in a fight for her life. And a few weeks before, she took a self-defense class, right? Just one self-defense class, not a third-degree black belt or anything like that. And she said it came back to her all at once, mm -hmm. fight loud, fight hard. And sure enough, she was, you know, yelling and, and going for all the points, eyes, throat, groin, punching, kicking and trying to get this guy off her. And she said that I had a battle cry and she was screaming this battle cry at her attacker over and over and over again. And the battle cry was, not today, motherfucker. <laughs> And when I read this story for the first time, I was like, oh my God, who is this woman and where can I find her? She made shirts with her phrase. I mean, I just loved it. And not She's got shirts? Oh, I'm yeah. so checking this woman out. I need <laughs> yeah. one of those. Yeah, absolutely. Mugs, I think the whole thing. But so to, I always forget to finish the story. The story ends as that her battle cry alerted a bystander and he came into the bathroom to help her and they got the guy the predator locked in a bathroom until the cops came and he went to jail. Um, so that, you know, story ended, I'm not gonna say good, but I mean, you know, it, it, it is where it could have gone. Yeah, yeah, that better a, than it could have. That was a good outcome. Exactly. But this battle cry that she talked about, I was just like, oh my God, okay, what if we all had a battle cry? Not for the creepy guy in the bathroom because most of us won't thankfully, hopefully, ever face that. But what about the creepy guy that lives in our head? <laughs> right? Like, he's got to go. And, you know, so having a battle cry in the book, I just, like, make up your, your top three or five affirmations and put them in a paragraph, and that is your battle cry. In a paragraph? Yeah, like, make it a long one. So it's not mm. just one sentence. Mm. Like, because that's hard to think, like, one thing, I, I am strong, okay? But no, I am strong, I am safe, I am powerful beyond measure, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am a badass, I am bold, I am brave, right? And I can go on and on and on, and, I, and it changes from time to time, but you see, like, the energy that once you get on a roll and start doing those things together in a, in a long paragraph, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It feels like a battle cry. I am so stealing that not today, mm -hmm. motherfucker, for my mindset. Yeah. Like every time I call her the bitch in my head. Yeah. So every time the bit is the negative voice, right? Every time she shows up, I'm just gonna say not today, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. I love it so exactly. Because again, words matter. Yeah. And I like aggressive words. Yes. I need to be aggressive mm -hmm. with myself. That's just me. Know thyself. So guys at home, if that's too harsh for you, obviously don't use it. Right. But that's so amazing. Yeah. Um, and then the idea of the battle cry is, um, it, it, it really is strong. 
Do yeah. you suggest having then battle cries for outwards like she did in situation, whether it's relationships or, you know, a family member or something like that? Because I mean, if I told my mum not today, <laughs> motherfucker, I don't know if she'd respond too well to that. Mum, yeah. I love you and I don't blame you for being fr for frowning upon me saying that to you. Right. Um, yes, I'm not saying have, have a battle cry like that for people in your life. But hey, I mean, if it helps you to write something out before you go into a difficult situation and rehearse it, then why not? Yeah, to be honest, and I was, that, that was like tongue in cheek, but mm -hmm. I actually really meant, like, mm -hmm. have your own version of a battle yeah. cry when you get into those situations that you know have been difficult. So yeah. if you know being in front of your parents where, you know, um, they are very overbearing, mm -hmm. like have your own version of your battle cry that exactly. if they come at you and they you feel like you've been disrespected, mm -hmm. Um, have a phrase that you can say. Yeah. Um, I think that's so important. Even if it's like a polite battle cry, yeah. right? Where it's like, I love you so much, but please don't ever say that to me yeah, again. Exactly. Like that's a very, that's to me still a battle cry and very powerful. Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime you're going into battle, have it ready. Okay, <laughs> I love that. All right, so we're gonna go now over to our blue belt. Mm -hmm. And this is about elevating our energy. Yeah. So you mentioned it slightly earlier about mm -hmm. the um, power drains. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to go over what are the power drains that really do take away our energy yeah. that then strips us of being able to have the confidence to really stand up for ourselves. That's mm -hmm. kind of like, I think why it's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. No, that, so uh, I'm so glad that this chapter resonates because um, my whole, most of my career, health coach, nutritionist, trainer, all of that stuff. Um, being in the health and fitness and wellness world, as I'm sure you know as well, um, so much of it, so much of the noise out there is always talking about how it affects weight mm -hmm. or weight loss. And I'm like, well, how you look. Right, exactly. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This stuff is too important to just talk about that. Right? That's only one little sliver of your health. Mm -hmm. Your health has so many other factors. So in martial arts, we start to learn about Eastern philosophy and culture and the word chi, right? C-H-I mm -hmm. or K-I or Q-I, depending on which um, language. And, you know, the life force energy that runs through your body. And what I want to remind people, especially women in this chapter, is that we have more control of it than we think. Mm -hmm. We're running, 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 taking care of everybody else and everything. But if we don't stop and take like an energy audit and see how much output of energy we're giving versus the input and the self-care, sooner or later, you're gonna head out, you're gonna head for burnout, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's what's happening now, especially over the last th few years when people are either working harder, longer hours, um, taking on more responsibilities. Like, you need to take an energy audit, stop, and just think, what are the things that are draining my energy? And then how do I plug up those holes with some good self-care? I am so with you. This is something I'm leaning into way more mm. um, because I'm always saying, how do I show up to be my best self and yeah. go after that dream and goal that I really want? Yeah. And so what are the things that get in my way? And also, what are the tools that I'm not using? Mm -hmm. And so that's really important is that, guys, if you really want to freaking be a badass, if you want mm -hmm. to stand up for yourself, if you want to um, show up every day mm -hmm. and push and grow, 
you're like literally you're ignoring such a big part of it yeah. if you're not looking at where your energy is coming from mm -hmm. are you sleeping well are you eating well because yeah. when i had my worst health ever i wasn't able to uh, eat mm. much right. and but then that had a knock-on effect with my sleep so i right. wasn't sleeping well you want to talk about the lowest i've ever felt mm. from a confidence standpoint was when i was at my sickest mm. and that was because i couldn't have nutrients and i couldn't sleep wow. and so now on my journey to health, it's been like six to seven years now, but yeah. on my journey, I'm just like, oh my God, guys, you have to pay attention. Like, yeah. do not look at this. It's right. missing such a big thing for everything we're talking mm -hmm. about. If you want to set boundaries, if you want mm -hmm. to be showing up, if you want to be a freaking badass, if you want to get to that black belt metaphorically mm -hmm. or yep. actually, you've got to look at like, what? how you feel. Mm -hmm. You've got to look at your hormones. You've got to look at what you're eating. You've got to look at how you sleep. Um, and so... I'm so grateful that you mm. put that in your book. Mm. And so I just really want to emphasize that importance. Mm. And now I'd love to actually go over a couple of things that sure. people may um, may not be may not realize that they're doing. So yeah. water. Yeah. I mean, it's the simplest free thing that we, that we all, hopefully, luckily, I'm sure if you're watching YouTube, you have access to clean water um, and realize that not everybody does. So it's a gift alone. Um, but so many people, I'd be, I'm so shocked when I had clients coming to me and telling me they barely drink water, or especially I work with a lot of teenagers, and I don't know if there's any teens out there, or moms and parents listening to this, um, teenagers that walk around and don't have any water all day long, mm. right? It amazes me. Every cell in your body needs water to function. So imagine not giving it to yeah. it. Like, makes no sense. And then you also say, um, we need to start treating sleep like it's an Olympic sport. Yes. Homie, yeah. let's talk about that yeah. because it is always the last mm -hmm. thing that we all stop doing, especially when you're a go-getter, um, especially when so many females that I know try and do everything. They're trying to be there for their family. They're trying to be there for the kids, trying mm -hmm. to be there for their friends, for their partner. Um, and then they're the last person or they're the last thing that they yep. put forward. And then as them putting themselves last, the last thing on their to-do list is the sleep part. Yeah. Um, and yet it's the most important. Yeah. It really is. Because let's face it, when you're tired... Mm. When you're tired, so many things can go wrong. Your mood, you're going to have mood fluctuations that you can't really control. You get hungrier. There's mm -hmm. lots of studies out there that show um, you get hungrier throughout the day. You make poor more poor choices yeah. um, with your food. So getting enough sleep is so, so important. And when you're sleeping is when your body heals. So especially if you're trying to make gains and you're hitting the gym and doing all these wonderful things for your body during waking hours, you're not going to get those gains. You're mm -hmm. not going to, your muscles aren't going to come back even stronger if you're not sleeping. Also, your organs um, start to clean themselves and clean out and regenerate also while you're sleeping. So if you're missing all that, you're really not setting yourself up for optimal health. And here's what I love about that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be complicated. No. Like, I could go deep, mm -hmm. and you want to get complicated? Let's get complicated. <laughs> yeah, right. You want to go deep in all the nuance that right. I do on my, like, my, my, I literally hack myself. Yeah. And so every day from a morning routine to working out yeah. to everything like that is so, it's so powerful. But can just, I, can I ask you, please? do you have a, a nighttime routine? Because I think I that's do. what... We hear all these CEOs, morning routines, and right? Great. Yes. But what's your nighttime routine? Oh, I love that. Mm. To your point, you have to set yourself up for success. So you have to have a nighttime routine to then lead into setting your, your, yeah. Monday, your morning routine up for success. Mm -hmm. So my nighttime routine is no matter what, I stop work an hour before I go to sleep. Nice. 
so I have an hour to myself. Mm -hmm. I don't eat. Um, or I stop eating three hours before I go to bed because right. I have gut issues. So I yeah. need my body to have already digested my food so that when I'm sleeping, it's mm -hmm. not doing trying to do yeah. double duty. It's just healing my um, organs, as mm -hmm. you said, like flushing myself out. Um, I sleep at a temperature of 67 degrees. Wow. My bedroom. Amazing. Yep. I Like uh, to know that you're that specific. Oh yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm literally obsessed. I, yeah. um, but all of this has been an evolution and I mm -hmm. want people to know that right. the reason and how I've cultivated that pattern is because I was the person, um, I had health issues, mm -hmm. I felt badly about myself. I was terrible at setting boundaries, everything that we're talking about, I just wasn't good. I wasn't mm -hmm. good at being able to stand up for myself or feel confident or feel like a badass. Right. And so when I started to take ownership over that, I was like, oh, well, what does being a badass look like? Mm. What does that mean? What do I have to do to set myself up to trying to feel like a badass? Because that's right. ultimate, I just need to be yeah. honest, that's all I care about. Do I feel like a badass? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. If I feel like a badass, now I can tackle all these yeah. other areas of my yeah. life. And so to feel like a badass, mm. what does that mean for me? Love so it. these were kind of like the little yeah. things that I put in place. So it was a time that I go to bed also. Mm -hmm. um, I just have learned so much about the um, circadian rhythm mm -hmm. that I know that, you know, making sure that I don't eat. Like I try to eat even when, um, when the sun is out. Mm -hmm. So even though I said three hours before bed, depending on if it's winter or summer, mm. that may tweak the time that I have my last meal. Wow. Just because I've done the research yeah. and I know that your body will start to digest food differently when it's dark versus when it's light. That's really powerful. That is something I've not even gone there yet, but wow, that's amazing. I get a little obsessed, but yeah. But that, I think though... And that, that's why I asked you, because I figured you had something like solid yeah and plan. I, but i'm also the person that it is my solid plan today right i like you said earlier how do you evolve mm -hmm. how, how do you tweak how do you keep improving mm -hmm. because what even just going back to the title of your book like the bad arsery in you today mm -hmm. i may have to show up differently mm -hmm. next year i right. may have to show up differently in five years right and so however that looks like mm -hmm. how do i use all the tools that we're talking about to tweak and maneuver so that I can keep showing up like that. I love it. I love that so much. So I want to go back to mm -hmm. the, the power oh, yeah. drains. Thank you for asking me that question. Mm. Um, but the power drains, you call the energy vampires. Yeah. That was like one of my favorites. Yeah. And I was like, tell me what an energy vampire is and what do we do about them? Oh, they're people that are just dragging you down. <laughs> the energy vampires. Um, well, what do you do about them? I mean, going back to Orange Belt, we learn how to set boundaries around them, right? Mm -hmm. But in, in Blue Belt, it's more about seeking out positive people in your life. So do you have a practice of that, like actively seeking out positive people? Myself, in the last, well, 20, funny enough, like how the universe plays tricks on you. In 2020, I set my word for the year was going to be community. Mm. And then we go into a pandemic and lockdown and we're all isolated. But... I made it my mission anyway to join all these um, networking groups, right? So now I'm a member of like three different women's, women in business networking groups that I absolutely love. I've made friends, I've made, um, you know, business connections, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, again, I, I actively seek people out like that. I want to be around people like yourself who are into self-development. Mm. Um, I want to be, be around people that lift me up 
but also they don't have to lift me up physically or even mentally um, for me to want to be around them. I want to be around people who want to lift themselves up too, right? Mm. It's, it's a different energy. It's like, yeah. oh, and all of a sudden you feel like you're like, yeah, like elevating with them. So that's, that's what I mean about getting away from the energy drains and the energy vampires and really seeking out positive people. Do you start to take inventory of who's in your life? Like where do you um, suggest people <laughs> should start from? Because I do worry that maybe some people, and I've been the same way, I didn't realize someone was actually mm. sucking the life out yeah. of me <laughs> yeah. until you start to actually like pay attention. Okay, mm -hmm. is this person good for me? Is that yeah. where you kind of, what you suggest? I mean, I don't do it that calculating. <laughs> I'm, <so> like, <laughs> I'm like, tell me everything. <laughs> Like I have Excel spreadsheets, this person, no, everywhere from green, orange, and red. Yeah, yeah no, um, it's more of feelings, right? If I, I mean, little examples in my life, I could tell you that there, there was a person in my life for a long time, and, and this happens a lot with old friends from your past, mm. and you wind up growing in different directions, right? And that's okay, and being okay with that. And I would find myself every time I met with this person coming home and kind of like complaining to my husband, right, about so-and-so. And then I was like, stop and stop complaining about people, first of all, and do something about it. So just, again, creating distance and space over time. Nothing drastic, nothing like, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. It's more just like letting those things go over time. Yeah. I actually would get detailed. Like I think, and a big part of it, I think for me would be because I would so tie my emotion to that person. Mm. Like I would, but I've known them for 30 yeah. years. But it's my cousin. Yeah. Right? Like there's, <laughs> yeah. there's like so many things that I know. I would trick myself into right. thinking of why they're not a vampire. Yeah. And so I like the idea of almost just taking inventory mm -hmm. and kind of saying, you know, write, start writing down the people in your life and then yeah. next to it, almost like putting like how they feel. Because you even yeah. said, do they elevate you? Like even mm -hmm. the word, your arms, your hands, I yeah. think went up and I was like, oh yeah, uplifted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or the word vampire, like do they actually suck yeah. the life out of you? Yeah. And so having almost this inventory of just like, oh yeah, how do I feel when mm -hmm. I'm around them? Mm -hmm. And even if you make, it's another way of knowing, maybe you don't know, mm -hmm. maybe you don't realize someone's a drain. To right. your point where you were going to, back to your husband every time mm -hmm. complaining, yeah. at what point, I bet you any money, your husband noticed it way before you did, oh, yeah. right? Where he was yeah. like, all right, eighth time, she's complaining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so if you, know, if you necessarily don't have a partner that can maybe highlight things like right. that, having that written down right. and just be like, I hung out with him and I actually feel really tired. Mm -hmm. I hung out with him and I feel really badly about myself. Yeah. Like I think that could be a nice little cheat sheet yeah. that now you can go, yeah, they're my cousin, I love them, but I actually feel really badly about myself every time I'm around right. them. So I'm going to distance myself. Yes. Oh, and most importantly, social media. Oh, why? Right? Yes, yes. I mean, the accounts that you follow that are in your feed and your, you know, again, your power and your energy is draining after looking at their content. And look, a lot of times it's, and I'm going to say this lightly, our own fault that we feel, you know, because we, we start to compare ourselves, right? And we start to feel less than because why don't I look like her? Why don't I have rock solid abs why don't i have a beach house in malibu or whatever the thing is that you're saying to yourself and making yourself feel bad right you have options mm. unfollow unsubscribe mute delete whatever it is if you can't control that that comparison and then that negative downward spiral remove it look i 
I understand why you try to be sweet and kind by like, saying, wow, I don't want to be blaming. Like, I get that. Um, but at the same time, I think for my audience, like, it's super freaking powerful. Mm. Like, it doesn't, and look, if you find that it's self-blaming and that's good, can be destructive, mm. obviously you shouldn't use that word. Right. But there is something too, I've put myself in this situation, I'm choosing to keep following this person, and mm -hmm. I think if we can all back up for a second and yeah. say, with grace, so I'm yeah. gonna start there, yeah. with grace, when you're sad, mm -hmm. do you go and play like Celine Dion <laughs> and like, right. you know, like really like uh, Taylor Swift yeah. music because I used to. Yeah. And so when I looked at like, why do I feel so badly? Oh, it's your fault, Lisa. You feel badly. <laughs> and then you go freaking like lean into it by putting on sad music. Mm -hmm. That becomes the woe is me. Now right. the woe is me starts seeping into my consciousness. Right. Now my consciousness feels really badly about myself. And now I feel like the victim. Mm -hmm. And so I am not saying there's so many circumstances that yeah. of course, of course it are out of your control. But to your point, homie, let's just call a freaking spade a spade. <laughs> if you're feeling badly and you know with grace that you're comparing yourself, mm -hmm. stop freaking following people. Yeah. Like, like, and I really mean that as an empowerment. Yeah. I yeah. mean that to get people, like, so they can go, oh my God, I have control yeah. now. Like, it is not to make you feel bad, but mm -hmm. it is to, um, like that woman in that closet when 9-11 mm -hmm. happened and she shook yes. you, I am saying it with tone yeah. with aggression with firmness right yes. from your like speaking up your voice i'm doing this on purpose yeah i am using this tone on purpose i'm if you can see me on video my yeah. hands are fists yes because <laughs> i want people to know the power of what you're mm -hmm. saying yeah of that if social media if these vampires around you are sucking the soul out of you it is up to you to decide whether you keep engaging, mm -hmm. whether you keep following those people and allow them to make you feel badly about mm -hmm. yourself, whether you keep allowing yourself to be around your parents, your family, your partner that make you feel badly about yourself. Personal responsibility is real. Yeah. Okay, I know. And it and again, I, I love your attitude around it. Like, no, this is how it is. Um, I, I, yeah, I tend to, to tip, tiptoe around it just a little bit only because, and I'll let you know why, mm. um, around self-defense, I've been accused by some people, um, that it's bl victim blaming, et cetera, et cetera. So I've, mm. I, I know it's like almost another topic, but I want, I don't want people who actually are real victims of crime and abuse and all of that to feel like it's their fault. Of course. Right? But what we're talking about now is setting firm boundaries about what you allow into your psyche. Yeah. All right, let's, I just want to keep talking about this yeah. if you don't mind. It is a touchy subject, yeah. but I think it's important to talk about. I heard you on an interview say this, which is why I was like, I'd love to go deeper with you. Mm. So I know that you've said to people like, look, you know, if you're a woman, maybe don't wear a short skirt down a dark alley. And I know people, you didn't actually say I didn't those actually words, but, but I'm being <laughs> yeah. hyperbolic, right? I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. going extreme. Right. And you've, I heard you say where people are just like, but you're, that feels like you're blaming the right. person that maybe got mm -hmm. attacked. Sure. And take a deep Sorry. breath because it's a hard topic to talk about. Yeah. And I want to go back to something I've said earlier. You can live in a world where it shouldn't be like that. Right. I agree. 
I should be able to wear a damn freaking bikini. Where, and I don't mean yeah. that like, I kind of joke, but not joke. Yeah. I should be able to wear a bikini wherever the hell I like mm -hmm. and never worry about someone being inappropriate. Yeah. That's a world it, we should be living in. Right. But we don't. But it's not reality. And so I never want anyone, and I'm again, I'm like mm. frowning, I'm giving mm -hmm. you the eye contact. Yeah. Like I don't want anyone to listen to this and ever feel like we're blaming that person right. that has been attacked, that right. is, is the victim, yeah. ever. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about right now, to me, the honesty of everything is how do you take the way mm -hmm. that the world is yeah. and protect yourself? Yeah. How do you take the way exactly. the world is and still show up like a badass? Yes. Still with people in your life that are narcissists, still with people in your life mm -hmm. that are willing to cross your boundaries, right. still with living in a world where even though it rages me more than I can possibly ever express that you have to worry as a woman mm -hmm. that I'm walking down the dark, Ali and I mm -hmm. have to freaking worry. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the reality. I know. I know. And so I want everyone to feel empowered by this discussion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's always my freaking North Star. Yeah. And the same with you. And I, I it's on it's very honest with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I it breaks my heart that people try and shame you mm. for talking about the things that you that we really do feel like is is things that we need to talk about more yeah. to empower women. Yeah. Not to shy away from and then right. God forbid like honestly, you want to talk about something that I would be so damn proud. And sorry, I'm getting very like passionate it. right now. Go. That I'd be so damn proud about this episode. Mm. If someone said to me, they listened to this episode, and God forbid, mm -hmm. a month, a year down the line, they either told a friend that then saved their lives, mm -hmm. they told their daughter mm -hmm. that then saved their life. But that this mm -hmm. episode, because we're willing to talk about the hard things, yeah. has actually saved someone's life. Absolutely, and that is why I do what I do. And I won't stop, and I won't stop speaking up, and I won't stop teaching self-defense. I don't care about the misogynistic comments I get on Instagram and TikTok and all these horrible people telling me uh, I'm going to get someone hurt by teaching them, by teaching women self-defense. I get that all the time, uh, all kinds of stuff like, that's never going to work. You're going to get punched in the face. One guy even brazenly put on TikTok a couple months ago, if you tried that with me, I'd knock you out and take you down to my basement. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. That stuff exists. It's on social media. It's out in the world. Those people exist. And that is why we teach what we teach. God damn it. Mm -hmm. All right. So we go to Red Belt. Okay. This is about connecting with your inner warrior. Yes. All right. Let's talk about connecting with our inner warrior, mm. letting her war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, letting her just have space to speak to you, right? Uh, again, in this world of go, 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 do, 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 so we can collect, collect, and die with as much stuff as we can, right? Mm -hmm. That's like the progression. Um, like, let's just stop and be mindful and present because there's so much wisdom, inner wisdom, that we all have. Mm. I really truly believe we have access to this wisdom. I call it your inner warrior. You can call it soul, spirit, God, universe, whatever works for you. I believe it in it all. <laughs> um, but we have to slow down almost to hear it and then have a practice, a daily practice where we get to tune into her and really start to listen. And over time, not just listen, but to trust mm. and trust that inner voice. So what's that first step then? Because assuming that 
if you've been practicing it, mm -hmm. it becomes easier to listen. Yeah. Um, but that slow down is super freaking powerful. So I love that as that mm -hmm. very first step. It's like, how the hell can you listen to it if you're just yeah. going at 100 miles an hour? Yeah. Um, and then, so then let's say you slow down. Um, how do you start to listen to it without judging it? Mm. You know, when I got to Red Belt and in martial arts on the mat, it's uh, we start to um, make meditation more uh, of a daily practice. And to be honest, back then, I didn't take it as seriously as I do now that I got older. In the last five, six years, I've committed to a daily meditation practice 100% and it has changed my life. Wow. So back then on the mat, you know, it, is, it was more about slowing down movements, focusing on your breath, doing the meditations, and I started to feel those effects spilling out into other areas of my life, mm -hmm. right? I was able to read the energy in the room a little bit more, read other people, get to connect with them on a, on a deeper level. And then obviously when you're slowing down and listening, your intuition has more space to speak, right? So you can hear those voices, mm -hmm. whether they're telling you that you're in danger and you need to get away, telling you that you're in a relationship that is no good for you and you should probably leave, right? Uh, a job, whatever those things are, your intuition is probably screaming. And um, I, again, I don't, I don't find that there should be judgment around that. It's, it's almost accepting it, mm. and then trying to act, you know, in accordance with your intuition. That's the tricky part: is really taking it outside of your meditation practice and out onto the mat in the dojo. All right, so how do you accept it? Because you said, mm -hmm. first of all, you have to accept it. That's where I go from. Mm -hmm. You beat yourself up over igno maybe ignoring your inner warrior yeah. for so many years. Yes. By ignoring all the signs, your you know, mm -hmm. intuition warrior, I love both words. Yeah. Um, but you ignore her. Yes. And so... Oh, my God. Sorry, yes. No, please. I ignored so many things in that bad relationship. <laughs> like, only thinking back, right? You think back and go... Oh, hang on a second. His caller ID was not his name. Um, this woman showed up to a birthday party that I never met before. Or, get this, on his iPod, so think back in the day when there was iPods, his playlist, there was a playlist called Active Labor. And I, the fool that I was, thought it was for, like, doing labor, like hard physical labor. <laughs> and these were songs that he would listen to. Well, she was going to give... Be in labor. It was for her, for her active labor of delivering the child. I mean, so I look back now and instead of, I mean, I could laugh about it, but instead of like, oh my God, Jen, what is wrong with you? I just, I just send her a little bit of compassion, my younger self. So I think that's a great tool is like, just send yourself younger. Younger could be yesterday. Right? Something you did yesterday, you were younger then. Give her just some compassion, okay? Because now you know. Now you know the truth. Or now you're going to start following your intuition and listening to your voice. So there's just the power of the now and going forward. It's, just, it's so amazing how you talk through it. Like, mm -hmm. because you, you see, I mean, literally, people are watching, they can hear you laughing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you, you, you really seem like you're so past that. Mm -hmm. And... I think that the the idea that we beat ourselves up over all the signals that we've missed, mm -hmm. like some people yeah. carry that with them for the rest of their lives. Right. And you said earlier, it then echoes into um, not being able to give yourself over in another mm -hmm. relationship yeah. forever. Yeah. And so 
thinking about that inner warrior, mm -hmm. giving that inner warrior grace, saying, well, that, that was my younger self, is such yeah. a beautiful way. And then for me, I then, again, take inventory mm. and go, all right, well, what I want to see your spreadsheets. <laughs> it's all in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. um, but literally, I would break down what are the things that my warrior was saying to me? Mm. What are the things that I told her to shut up over? Mm -hmm. And what now can I take as a lesson from that? Because that's how I'm able to overcome pain, heartache, mm -hmm. um, things that have really like crestfallen me. Yeah. I always in those moments go, okay, Lisa, this is that moment that you can mm -hmm. be crestfallen or yeah. this is the moment that you can learn something. And mm -hmm. so in this lesson, whether it's, you know, I've never been in that situation, mm -hmm. but I so love that how you talk about it mm -hmm. and how there doesn't seem like there's hurt and pain there. And mm -hmm. that's the thing that is, I don't know if you realize how damn powerful that is. Wow. And so I really want people to pay attention to this inner warrior part yeah. because the way that you show up right now and being able to talk about it, I think mm -hmm. so many people want to get to that point where they can yeah. talk about something without that hurt and pain coming back up. Absolutely. And this was so long ago, um, but you know, there have been times in the last five, six years also where I've had some serious challenges. Um, and again, I just have to, I have to be kind and give myself the grace and really just tap in. My meditation is that space for me. I, it is a time of day in the morning, right? First thing in the morning where I, I literally, it feels like I'm home, mm. right? And I know that I can always come home no matter what I'm going through or no matter what happened or the disappointments in life, like I just go there and I've created this, this space, this 20 minutes of my morning where it's blissful mm -hmm. almost. And, and the messages that I receive, sometimes nothing really comes through and it's more like my mind visualizing my, the future I want or, you know, I have these different things that I do in my meditation, but essentially um, leaving, that, leaving some space there for messages to come through. So yeah, the, what I would suggest to folks at home is, first of all, carving out that time, figuring out how they wanna connect, whether it be through like a movement practice or a sitting still practice or a breathing practice or a journaling practice and really getting in touch, right? And, and leaving the space for the messages to come through. Boom. Love it. Mm. All right, so we're at the black belt. Yes. Yay. Here we are. We are almost there. Almost there. We're at the black. All <laughs> yeah. right. So tell us, now that we've gone through mm. all this freaking training, yeah. we've been doing the wax on the wax yes, off, exactly. and now we're at black belt. What does black belt mean, and how do we keep showing up like a black belt badass like you? Thank you. Well, I can tell you this, that you are a black belt in badassery, and I'm going to tell you why in a second on the mat. Um, what I thought as I was training for my black belt, what I thought being a black belt was going to be about was taking down people twice my size, executing my sword forms with precision. But as I realized, as I got closer to the black belt test, right, because there's a major test that you have to do, that first of all, in my school anyway, you couldn't even test until you gave 100 hours of teaching, mm -hmm. volunteer back to the dojo, right? So I realized, oh, okay, so it's about teaching, it's about mentoring, it's about coaching. Hang on a second, I'm actually becoming a leader in this dojo, right? The leaders that I used to look up to when I first joined as a lowly white belt. And I got it. I was like, oh yeah, so it's about leadership. 
but still it wasn't like I wasn't embodying it all at the time because I was like, hang on, me, a leader, I'm not a politician, I'm not in corporate America. I, oh, those were the images that I had in my mind about leadership, men in gray suits and boardrooms, right? Or running for president or something. Like it didn't feel like me running around the city in Lululemon pants and going into people's homes and stuff like that. It didn't feel like I was a true leader. But as I trained and as I got closer, my leadership, my view of leadership expanded. And I truly believe now that everyone is a le- everyone can step into leadership in the microcosm of their dojo. So you ask yourself, who is in your dojo, right? In your communities, in your um, schools, in your religious communities, in your uh, workplace, in your families. These are all your different communities and you can step into a leadership role. Nobody is going to appoint you or anoint you as a leader. You need to take the reins, right? And start acting like the leader that you wanna be. And then obviously there's things about black belts that I think would help relate to better styles of leadership like um, black black belt leaders find purpose in contribution. They're all about helping other people rise And that, my dear, is exactly what you do, (laughs) right? You have taken like all this work and you um, have created this huge business and then really following your dream to do what you're doing here, right? Make movies, but with the intention of helping others rise, helping women rise, women of impact. I mean, this is, you are a black belt in badassery. So thank thank you for what you do. Thank you, homie. Yeah. Um, as you were talking about that, though, I was really thinking like so many people, because when you say leader, I think so many people at home may have just dismissed you because to your point of what you just said, well, I think of a leader as leading teams, mm-hmm. leading a lot of people. Um, but I love that you said, but what does like a leader look like to you? Mm-hmm. Because I think that you can tell by, even if you had to like, do one of those like um, CCTV cameras and so mm-hmm. you've got no volume, mm-hmm. right? Like if you were just to watch, you'd be able to see who is the person that can't be pushed around. Who is mm-hmm. the person that's going to stand up for themselves if mm-hmm. someone's trying to step over their boundaries just by the way that they hold themselves, the way mm-hmm. they interact with other people. And so when you say leader, I want people to hear that that can be a leader within yourself mm-hmm. and that will then dictate how you speak to people, how you show up, how you yeah. defend yourself. And to your point, stand up for others as well. And that's a big one. And that is what we need more leaders. We need more women leaders. We need more feminine feminine types of leadership, nurturing leadership, people that look out for others, right? And help other people rise as well. Not just clamor your way to the top and step on everybody along the way, right? We see that a lot and we don't need more of that. What we need is more of women in leadership positions looking out for others. In martial arts, we drill stances, right? Back stance, front stance, and essentially what it is are these physical movements that we, that we stay steady and grounded in the face of adversity. Mm. So in life, right, taking a stance on an issue, on a cause, on your with for your community, for other people in your life, is is the best way to show and act as a leader in your community. Oh, I love that. All right. So without further ado, you're going to show me the three tactics that every single person can do right now in order to show up for themselves and stand up for themselves. So, you ready? 
Yes. Let's do it. Okay, first of all, you, need, you want to get in your fighting stance, so we're going to practice from here. Uh, you want to always remember that there's three most effective targets, which are eyes, throat, groin, so we're going to go there. There's lots of other targets too, but we're going to do that for now. Okay, so the first things we're going to learn are just striking the eyes, right? So you can do it with your thumbs, right? Fingers, scrape, scratch, poke, whatever you got. We're going to do five of those. Make sure you turn as you strike. Okay? Would you shout anything while you're doing it? Hell yeah. Move on. Sometimes I like to just shout what I'm doing. So eyes, gouge, no, right? Just something that comes out of your mouth or no, 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 over and Not over. Not today, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> Ready? One, uh, two, three, four. Good. Next, let's do some elbows. So we're going to do two elbows together. We're going to come up with the left and across with the right. Up. There you go. So this is somebody's head. You're coming up the chin and across the face. This is to get some distance and space from you and this person who's on you already. Okay. Always remember that self-defense is the last option. It's always there, right, to defend yourself. We never just go for it. So up. And cross. Ready? And one, two, three, four, five. Very good. Picture someone's grabbing you, right? If I'm mm -hmm. grabbing you, mm -hmm. you're going to grab me back. And then you're going to drive that knee to my groin. Mm. Over and over. Mm. And over. Mm. Over mm. and over. Mm. Mm. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so we get away. I wouldn't feel complete if I didn't show you the most horrible move, but the most important move that I think every woman should know. You want to put yourself in a vulnerable situation, right? So you're going to picture that someone has knocked you to the floor. Okay. <laughs> yes, and then you can walk up to the Here. Okay. okay, can everyone see? And then picture that someone is on top of you. So how do you get this person off you? Well, if you've ever done bridge and yoga, it's almost the same thing, but we're gonna toss them off to the side. Hmm. So ready, one, two, three, nice and slow. First toss, ah. boom. Right, yeah. or go that, we'll I'll both go that way okay. now. Ready, one, two, three, toss, and to the side, or back, center. Good, okay, Lisa, you're gonna do three more, ready? Okay. And one, two, three, go. Yes, one, two, three, toss. Last time, one, two, three, toss. Very good. Bridge. There you go. And then, good. Feet underneath you as quickly as possible. And you're out the door. And that is the art of bad archery. It sure is. So, girl, where can people find you? Where can people find the book, The Art of Bad Archery? Um, I want everyone to become a black belt. Yeah. So where can they? JenniferCassetta.com um, is my website on TikTok and Instagram. I'm at Jen Cassetta with two N's, two S's, two T's. And the book is at all the major re retailers. But I just want to say this. Please go into your local bookstore 
right? And just ask for the book or order it and let's not have them go out of business. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> guys, guys, if you want to learn the art of badassery, here it is right here. Go get it. Follow this woman. She's freaking badass. And if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. If this episode brought you value, tell your homies. Let them know that this channel's around, that Women of Impact is here. We are helping women become badass, take ownership of their own lives. So tell your mates, tell your homies, link this over to your friends. And until next time, be the hero of your own life. Peace.